0: Hey again everybody and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson,
1: that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him, Jimmy. How are you today? That's me. I sometimes uh start out the show lately uh, feeling up or down about uh about whether we're going to have football today and I'm back up, back up feeling not necessarily convinced we'll have football where there'll be fans in the stands. But based on what we could have, which is nothing, I'll take uh I'll take football played uh with no fans in the stands and just have a season where we just watch it all on TV in a quiet stadium, it'll be weird. But one hell of a lot better than nothing.
0: I'll I'm tell not you feeling better the, about it. The reason I don't believe that'll happen is because if you're saying if the argument is it's safe enough for the players to get out there and commingle, but not safe enough for the fans to get out there or students to commingle the players are going to raise their hands and go, wait a damn minute. That's why right. I don't think that's going to
1: stand. Well, I think the game changer is the five-minute test. It, it, it exists now. It's not out in abundance, but it, it does exist. And a month from now, they will, it will exist in great, great numbers. And I think the ability and the willingness to, to basically what amounts to sequester the team, sequester all team personnel, test them frequently, when, when they're tested two, three times a week in the morning of games, uh, anyone with a positive test is then quarantined away from his teammates until his test is no longer positive. Uh, all players are. I, I think it could be done. And, and basically what I'm going by is you know, there, there's this rudimentary plan that Major League Baseball is putting into place. Where it appears that they've put together a plan where where baseball could start as early as mid May, which which is really only five weeks away, uh, and and I'm not I'm not predicting that that that's going to start at that time, but there's hope that it might. And uh, reading some of Major League Baseball's plan, you can kind of see where. See this, this is the way I, I look at it. All these leagues follow each other. There's proof in that in that the NBA had a player test positive, immediately canceled all their games, and then over the course of the next 48 hours, every other sport did the same thing. I think when Major League Baseball, if Major League Baseball is playing in mid-May or by June 1st with their plan to isolate teams, quarantine those who test positive, have some sort of near-daily testing regimen with the five-minute test, and baseball sees this as feasible, I think all the other leagues will go. Thank God, someone stepped up and started playing the games. We're we're going to play too. We're going to do what they're doing, and we're not going to be scared of of a player that tests positive. We're just going to test them frequently. And when someone tests positive, they'll they'll just it'll it'll be just like they're on the disabled list. They're gone until they're ready to play again. So you know, and and some you know, unfortunately, some player could get sick and die. I, I think that's very very possible, but if we're just all home doing what we're doing now, people are getting sick and dying too. I mean, and, and, and fortunately it is more rare for athletes with no underlying conditions to get sick and die. It It is happening and it has happened and it will continue to happen, but that happens in very small numbers. So I, I think, and here's one more thing to watch while, while I'm on this. And I didn't think of this until today, Luke, but Man, do we have something to watch? And by watch, I mean we'll find out early this summer whether there's going to be football. And that's because why well, it didn't occur to me until today. But there is a professional football league that plays about two or three months sooner than college football and pro football. The Canadian Football League. The CFL, they start camps around mid-May, late May, June 1st. That's the start of Canadian football. That's when they hit their camp and then a month later around July 1st, July 15th or so that's when they start playing games. Well, Canada is colder. It's it's up north. They don't have the hot summer like we have here. They just have kind of a warm summer. I think if Canada is playing football this summer, there's no question that we'll see American football this fall. No question. So, let's see what happens with the CFL and how they handle this. And let's see if Major League Baseball and the NBA start playing again with the idea that, hey, I think we can isolate our teams and test them frequently. And uh, we're going to have to make a lot of rule changes here to make do. But the fact of the matter is there's just too much money being lost. These baseball players quickly agreed to do this. Their, their players union has already said, hey, we, we will do this plan that we're hearing about. And it's because they're they're getting three percent of their total salary. If they don't play baseball this year, all the players are getting is three percent of their contract. And they have a lot of people depending on that money they make. And even though they'd have to be completely away from their families for four or five months during a health crisis, they're they're ready to play because they need the money. And the owners, they don't get money unless there's games and TV. They don't get money from their advertisers unless there's games. And and this money crunch is causing people to figure out how to do this. And the same thing is going to happen with football. I mean, University of Alabama is a rich, rich university compared to other schools. Alabama's athletic department, top five, top ten, maybe top one. I mean, in terms of the money and the cash they have. But it would be a tremendous financial blow to the university. If Alabama doesn't have football in the fall, I think in the end, the five minute tests, a willingness to play, even if some players get sick, they're gonna find a way to make it happen. There's just too much money at stake
0: yeah you're right and and I think look, you can come up with a gazillion analogies about this and and equate it to different scenarios, but I think in the end. Um, And everybody can say, well, why would baseball players care? They probably have so much money in the bank. Look, it's all relative. If you're making a million dollars and you're spending money uh, like a regular millionaire, you're counting on that money. Unless you're Dave Ramsey in this whole thing, you you know, you're not going to retire at age 40. Unless you're, you know, if you're Alex Rodriguez, I mean, you can't ever spend all your money. I get that but they're not all Alex Rodriguez. I mean, some of them uh, have come over here from, from complete destitution and they're having to send some of their money home. And they, you know, they live like Kings. They, you know, they, they do what regular millionaires do. And then you tell them, okay, instead of making 8 million a year that now you're making 300,000 a year, that's 300,000 a year is what they pay in a mortgage. So yeah, that's, right. that's, that's, a, big, that's a big deal. Um, anyway, uh, you know i i keep wondering when the point's going to come right now i mean we have some guys at our office and i don't i'm i mean i'm all for it we're we're not nobody is getting fired by us because they don't want to come in during this epidemic we are open for business our company is um i go into work my brother comes into work my father who's 73 and has diabetes he comes into work he has the sugar um and so he's a you know he's he's a he's susceptible but, you know, we all just come into work. I mean, and, and it's because the alternative is, okay, we can be at home. We can't really do what we do at home. We need to be at the office. Right. And some of our guys have decided, hey, we're just going to come into work. You know, some of them have decided, hey, we're we're not going to risk it. Okay, that's fine. That's no problem. We're not firing or anything like that. But at some point, I think it's going to be, okay, yeah, this stimulus check was fine. And and all this, but we've got to get we got to make money and, you know, we've got to get back on our feet. And um, I think that's what it's going to be is with some of these baseball players, football players and, and, you know, football programs, basketball programs, what have you. They're going to say, look, OK, yeah, we're all scared of this, but we're also scared um, when we get in our car of a car wreck. I know it's not completely analogous. I know it's not the same thing necessarily. But in a way, some of it is. I mean, you can have an accident at any time. Every morning I wake up and watch Channel 13 News, and there's a lawyer commercial saying at any time of any day, you can have any one of them, you, your sister, your brother, your mother, your father, your wife, even your son, even your child. And I go, you know what? He's got a point. I mean, you, you can wake up all down the stairs and break your neck. It's not completely analogous. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying at some point you take a risk. Because hey, look, Columbus took a chance and you know landed yeah. over here in North America, didn't he? Isn't that what he did?
1: He did. He he landed in in Americas where and and he immediately set about uh, enslaving and uh, and raping and beating to the point we celebrate him to this very day. And then you know there's. And
0: passing out blankets with smallpox and shit. I mean, he was, he was pretty awful. You know what? My, my uncle, one time, we used to have this big club where we went for lunch every day. And it was Columbus Day, so the mail didn't run. And he was pissed off about it. He said, why didn't I get my mail today? Somebody says, Columbus Day. and he, And my uncle said, what the hell did he do? And you know what? He had a point to an extent. He found something that somebody else was already on. But, you know. I, at the same time, I, I, I hearken back to that Sopranos episode where the Native Americans were fussing with the Italians about Columbus, uh, and so I, I, I've i decided just as a regular dude that really didn't have a dog in the fight except for the fact that I live here, I'm not going to take a side. I'm not going to dog cuss Columbus, <laughs> but I'm not going to hail him as a hero either, and I'm just going to stay out of that fight. Why we got into a fight about Columbus Day talking about the <laughs> coronavirus, I'm not sure. But
1: that's how this show works. That's why it's the <laughs> best show on on radio, the best show on podcasting. Is that exact it is. reason. It is,
0: but my point being, at some point everybody's going to be like, "Hey, you know, it was fine to be isolated with my family for a few days, maybe even a week or two. But eventually I got to I got to do something, and yes, it's going to be risky to go back in, and yes, I could touch a doorknob that somebody with coronavirus has touched, but you know, I mean, And I'm not trying to make light of it because I know people are dying. But I I thought back to, and maybe somebody could educate me on this. I thought back to when Magic Johnson revealed that he had uh he was HIV positive, right? And everybody in the NBA was like, whoa, wait a dead gum minute. But they they did keep playing, even though he was, you know, and then he came back and played and he was sweaty and he was, you know, obviously you, you play basketball, you get cut, you get whatever. And you, you know, fluids are flying all over the place. Um, people kept playing because, they, you know, eventually you just take some risk. I mean, we take a risk every day if you play ba- pick up basketball before coronavirus. You don't know the health history of any of these people you're brushing up against. There's some dude from the other side of town that walked in, and now you're posting him up, and he's got his elbow in your back, and you turn around, and y'all you accidentally swap spit. I don't know why it turned into a. I, I, broke
1: mean, back I have now. no idea why. So oh, they're, I, they're <laughs> kissing now?
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean? And so, anyway, okay, that's our coronavirus talk for the day. Uh, really yep. quickly, Jimmy, let's just say, that because I, I want to get into this draft we're going to do. We're going to do the draft. We're going to do the offense today. Darius Miles from IMG Academy, 6'7", um, forward, lefty, committed yep. to Alabama today. That moves Alabama's uh, basketball recruiting ranking up to number fifteen.
1: 15 is a heck of a ranking for Alabama basketball. Now, again, it's not a science. We're not, you know, it, it's, it's not science. I, I think it's a reason to be optimistic, which is great because we need all the optimism we can get for any number of reasons, but let's, let's, let's be optimistic about Alabama basketball. That sounds fun. But now we have a four man signing class putting aside the fact that we'll get all these guys that were on the team this year that couldn't play it like cornerly and Rojas and, and, and Gary. Uh, and, and, but now we have a four man class, uh, Ambrose Hilton, Primo, Darius Miles, and Keon Ellis. Uh, and I think it's a really good class per Alabama history and Alabama historical standards. Uh, this now qualifies as a good class, not the all time greats. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, the greatest class ever, but it's certainly really good. And they're hand picked guys to fit Nate's system on offense and defense. I've noticed that they're they're, they all look to me to be what what I call runners and jumpers, meaning, I mean, these, these are athletic kids. Uh, I think that's what he looks for. And they're kids that aren't shy about putting up shots, um, which is another thing he looks for. So I think they're all good fits. I think it's uh, we had two spots open because Bolden graduated and Hawkins transferred. And then we had two more spots open because we believe here on locked on Bama that Kyra Lewis and John Petty are unlikely to return. So that means we got four spots open, and now we got these four guys committed. I think the question now is, for every kid we take now, you have to remove someone from the roster, whether that's Herb Jones who's testing the NBA waters, whether it's Galen Smith, Alex Reese seems to have one foot in, one foot out. Talk about whether Jalen Forbes will be back. But now, if Alabama takes a kid from this point forward, Someone's got to go. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch as well.
0: All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into this offensive draft. Okay, been really excited about this idea. This, You know, the thing about the coronavirus is it does force uh, people to get creative. I mean, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, was it Thomas Edison who said that? I think so. Makes sense if he said it. Right. Wasn't
1: there an F word at the end of mother? <laughs> yeah, you're
0: thinking of a Samuel L. Jackson quote.
1: Um, I but, get Thomas Edison and Quentin Tarantino mixed yeah. up.
0: <laughs> well, it's better than getting Thomas Edison and Samuel L. Jackson mixed up. <laughs> I guess I like, so. Yeah. I, I know so who I prefer,
1: not Samuel Jackson.
0: All right. So. Jimmy, do you want the first pick or do you want the second and third pick on the
1: it, d- right? d- it doesn't matter to me do you got a pick. coin i mean no you I, pick. I, i'll take the first i'll take the first pick
0: okay so this is what we're gonna do folks just f y i today we're only picking offense you need to have eleven players on this offense. we're treating it like a real offense so you got to have at least five offensive linemen i mean if you want to go power go power but you can have six yeah. but um you know if you if you want to go Four wide, you can go four wide with one back. I don't care. Um, so this is this is what we're going to do. So Jimmy, with the first pick, you select
1: Tua Tonga Valoa. You son of a bitch, <laughs> the sweet I... Hawaiian prince. And it's fun to have Tua as the number one pick in this draft because he's not going to be the number one pick two weeks from Thursday. So it's fun uh, that he's the first pick here. And, and to remind everyone, we're drafting. Today an offensive starting unit off of Nick Saban's teams. Oh seven right. through the present. Uh if as long as they played for Saban at Alabama, oh seven through the present. Okay. So yeah, I go uh Tua.
0: Okay. So my next two picks, I'm going Julio Jones. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's pretty good, huh? And Amari good. Cooper.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I got to get my off. Got to. I'm going. I'm spreading your ass out. If you make, if you're taking
1: two of the run on receivers has begun. I am going to go. How about controversially? Controversially, here I'm going to go Jerry Judy. I like it at wide receiver, and I just chose him over Calvin Ridley, which I think is a little interesting. Uh, so I go Jerry Judy and Derek Henry.
0: Yeah, I can. Uh, that's not bad. I dig it. I yeah. dig it. Okay,
1: this is where things are going to get more yep.
0: interesting. Um,
1: it depends on what alignment you're going with here, and yeah, whether you and jump I, into the offensive line.
0: And I think I've, I'm I'm about to show my hand because, I, boy, I'm going to go Jalen Waddle. Oh, that's interesting. Damn I know. it. I know. You thought you were going to sneak that one in. I know. Uh, That's, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go Jalen Waddle. And this is, boy, this is the one that's going to, that's going to freak the, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that yet. I'm going to go Jalen Waddle and I'm going to go
1: Andre Smith. Oh yeah. That was a good, and, and how fascinating. I love these picks. How fascinating that you would (laughs) select Andre Smith over the Saban-recruited offensive lineman. There's been a bunch of first-round picks of the, quote, Saban, Andre Smith, someone Saban inherited. But I'm with you. One thing, Andre Smith was a freaking dominant presence on the field at Alabama for three years, just a dominant player. And he's still playing. His yep. career has been a long freaking time. He, his last season in Alabama was 08. So starting with the 09 season, so 09 through 2019, he's played in the National Football League. That is, to my math, 11, 11 football seasons in the NFL, in yeah. the offensive line. That's a pretty damn good career. I bet that dude has made some bank when you add it all up. Even though I don't think he's ever made a Pro Bowl, I don't think he's ever been considered one of the best. But, shit, you hang around the NFL for 11 years, you're a damn good football player, period. So, interesting. So, you went Waddle, Andre Smith. Yeah, Waddle and
0: Andre Smith. So, now you get two picks. <clears throat> it's tough, I know. Because you, you, now know, off you, off have top to, of head, you have to, you have to wonder which house. direction I'm going. That's what A makes little
1: it. bit, a little bit, a little bit. Deciding between three players, it's kind of tough. See,
0: here's the problem with taking two of first is you, you know, now I get AJ last
1: because those are the Yeah, because I'm not taking another quarterback. So, right. and, and I figured AJ would be who would take, which is the thing, but now, you, now there's no pressure to take him until the end. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. I am going Henry Ruggs. And I just took him over Devontae Smith and yeah, Calvin I, Ridley.
0: I'm with you on that, too, though. I dig uh, it.
1: Uh, I'm going Henry Ruggs and uh, O.J. Howard. Okay. Okay. I, I like what you're
0: doing there. Um, but I'm going to tell you, because you're not going to take another one, I put a star by Herb Smith. I think I'd rather have Herb Smith. Oh, interesting.
1: Interesting take. Interesting. But I'm not I take good it because I don't have to. He had a good rookie season, but now, yeah, you yeah. know. Well, I'm not taking another tight end, so so Irv's out there. Yep, Irv's Irv out there. Was good. Down. I think I don't he don't caught think he a few do. touchdowns for the Vikings. Yeah, he did. All right, dude so I get the two
0: zone. offensive linemen now, and I'll go with Barrett Jones. Oh, and I'll Luke. go DJ Fluker. Fluke, dude, I've got I've got an offensive line that's gonna smack your mama. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so okay so i've got a quarterback a running back a tight end and i just have the two receivers right judy and rugs
0: that's right and i want you we're going to take a break and i want you to mm-hmm. think about it over this break
1: and we'll, mm-hmm. back, we'll finish our
0: draft up okay jimmy it's it's on to you so far your team is Tua a tungo derrick henry henry rugs
1: jerry judy and oj howard all right, um, I'm going to go, and, and on the offensive line, you've got
0: I've Andre, got my team, Barrett,
1: and Fluker.
0: My team is DJ Fluker, Barrett Jones, Andre Smith, right. Julio That's Jones, give- Amari, and Jalen Waddle. so far. I've got five more picks, and you've got, uh,
1: I guess you have one, two, three, four, six more picks. I am going to go, it's a tough call. It is. I, I am going to go um, – I'm going to go Devontae Smith. Whoa, whoa. That's whoa, that is surprising. I thought I might have him. Late. And first of all, what
0: was all your bullshit about you taking somebody over Ridley? Well, you because that's what I was thinking
1: him. of at the time. I, did, I, I, I wasn't sure that I would be able to come back to them. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I'm like, man, if I'm leaving them, Luke's going to take them. So I was leaving them. I was nervous about leaving him on the board. And I still, at the end, took Devontae over Calvin Ridley. And so many people go, that's crazy. Look what Ridley's doing with the Falcons. Well, Devontae Smith was our leading receiver and, in the year that Judy and Ruggs were on the team. And Devontae
0: um, Smith just makes plays, man. He just makes plays.
1: And, yeah, he's kind of a legend as a, as a freshman. And uh, offensive line-wise, I'm going to go uh, with the first offensive lineman I'm taking, Jonah Williams. So oh, man. I'm going to tell you, you're going, your offensive line is going to be hurting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing do the offensive line at the end, but I, I know it's see, a, a bit of strategy.
0: You're but, gonna get yeah, two hurt.
1: You see, you should have taken. <laughs> if you're take Tua, you to take two. You got to take two offensive linemen because he can make any receiver look
0: good.
1: I'm gonna make Jonah Williams. I'm putting Jonah on the right side. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's right. You got to make sure of that. I got. Um, I got. I got to call Jonah's dad. Make sure it's okay to play him over there on the right side. Okay. Well, uh, shoot. I'm just gonna. I tell you what I'm gonna do,
0: and this is gonna make you mad. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Chance Warmack, <laughs> Okay. And,
1: uh, boy, I'll take Mark Ingram. Oh, <laughs> Holy, you know, well, you know, I wasn't going to take, well, take a second back, but I got you. I mean, you can't, you can't take, I mean, you can't can take two backs, obviously make any skill positions you want, but, uh, oh, okay. Um. Now, uh, I am going to take – got to give this – okay. Uh, Ryan Kelly.
0: Yeah, that's – I had him circled, but, I, you know, Barry Jones can play that part for me. you got to have a
1: center. He can. he can be a center. Yeah, yeah, yeah you already took Barry. So, I'm going to take uh, Ryan Kelly and another first-round pick, Jed Wills. Okay. Okay. That's a good pick. Um, now,
0: circling back. Boy, yeah, you've here, only got You've only got 2 left, right? No, I got 3 left. But three left. one of them's going to be AJ, AJ would be my last pick, so I'll go ahead and circle okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Um so I got I'm picking two guys here and I've got four fill in. Line, and I okay. have to decide if I want to tight end or not. Because I'm I'm leaning to another back. And that's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. And I, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Do I take Cyrus Quandro or Cam Robinson? Right. I got to pick one of those two. Cam Robinson I'm afraid would have so many damn uh um,
1: <laughs> false starts.
0: <laughs> false starts. But I'm going to take I, I'm going to take Cyrus Quandro. Somebody
1: Somebody's I think Cam, you just pissed off Cam Robinson. That's Cam Robinson on the phone. He is pissed I think, off about that uh false start line, that false I line know, crack. I know.
0: And I'm going to take Cyrus Quandro. And here's the other person I'm taking. I'm going to have the meanest baddest-ass backfield you can imagine. But I I can't decide who I want to take, Drake or Josh Jacobs. Everybody (laughs) loves Trent. I love Trent. I love Trent. Trent. I love Najee. I love Lacey and Fowler and Yeldon. But my gut says go with Jacobs. I think he's going to be a damn all-timer. So I'm going to go A.J. Mark Ingram, Josh Jacobs, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Jalen Waddell. My line is Andre Smith, Barrett Jones, Chance
1: Warmack, DJ Fluker, and Cyrus Quandro. Holy hell. So you did not take a tight end. I did not take a tight end. You went basically with a second back over the tight end. Yep, that's what I'm doing.
0: Oof, I'm taking that back, Jimmy. I'm switching so- up. I'm going to take a tight end. Oh. I'm going to take Herb Smith over
1: Jacobs. You're taking Irv Smith instead of Josh Jacobs.
0: Yeah, because I think what I'm going to do now is just have Mark Ingram back there, and I'm going to split him out. You know, we're going to start uh-huh. out, in, you know, the shotgun with with Ingram to his right, and that way I can direct snap to him, or I can hand off to him, or he's a good blocker. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, AJ's going to have a t- AJ loves a tight end. I'm going to have a tight end for him. He loved Michael Williams, so
1: no doubt. I think I've got two spots left, right? That's right. And your team is complete, and obviously I need two more. I only have three offensive linemen. I have Jonah, I have Ryan Kelly, and I have Jed Wills. Yep. Whew, I need two more. I've already got a center, so I can just be two two basic offensive linemen to play in other spots. Let me think okay. of that guy. There. Sorry, he took Cyrus. You took Cyrus. That was a good one. Even though, isn't it weird that Ari has sort of had maybe a better NFL career? It doesn't matter. Yeah, the, we're, picking, the, we're picking NFL guys. You but. Know, Ari was on
0: my list, but yeah. I, I'm also doing this like guard, two guards, a center, and two tackles. So Andre Smith and Cyrus are my tackles. Um, I'm going to move DJ to a guard, even though he's a huge guard. What yeah. guard in the NFL? And and, and Barrett Jones as my center. So that's where I'm going with this.
1: Uh, um, hmm. I can't take you, you. know who's going to end up maybe being the best offensive lineman that Saban assigns? Evan Neal. But I'm hesitant to take him already because we're, we're know, talking about now. There's I not know. enough splat. There's not enough splash. There's not enough splash with Evan Neal.
0: I had him on my list, but you're right. I mean, he's only been there one year. I mean, it's hard to, hard to you know, say. Now, of course, yeah, I can say the same thing about Jalen Waddle. I just – the thing about Waddle to me, and I was going to say, let's do returners and let's do punters and kickers. We're not doing that shit. There's only one punter either one of us wants, So, I'm not making it. do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's – I don't even know if either one of us wants a kicker. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just going to leave the kickers off. So, you got – Yeah, that's, got, that's, you know, that's what you, I think you, of it. you need two offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, I need two more, uh, and, and and I would say I'm stuck. I'm considering a few guys that are all good players. You know who's really good who didn't have a great NFL career but was really good at Alabama? Another guy, Saban, inherited, Antoine Caldwell, was a, a good oh, yeah. player. No oh, he question good. he's good. Yeah, but played for the Texans a while. Yeah, he did, but not really a splashy NFL take. Uh Gosh! Well, you got to go, Cam Robinson. One of them, right? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't have the issue with the uh, with the false starts uh, as, you, as as you do. Uh, okay, we'll 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 go ahead and and uh, yeah, go ahead and put in Cam Robinson. And for the final one, so I have Cam and Jonah. I'm not really going guard tackle, not really, because well, I mean, you know, right. Jonah can play inside. He did as a as a freshman, uh, I'm actually thinking about Alex Leatherwood, but you know he's he's just not. I mean, if you know, fast forward a year and Leatherwood's going in the first round like Jed Wills is. I got no problem taking Leatherwood, but I still feel like I still feel like like he's he's still got some time in the incubator. But you know what? I think Caldwell Leatherwood. You don't have Caldwell, and you can have Caldwell or Leatherwood. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to decide in, in terms of my finalists. This is great. What pod- offensive lineman- <laughs> Who? This is great <laughs> podcasting, by the way. Just let, let you go yeah, yeah. Uh... watching me think. Everyone tune in to watch me think. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what, I went. I went with a lot of recency. I, I'm going to go with Leatherwood over Caldwell because I think he's going to be a better NFL player, and it's a bit of a projection, but. Had Leatherwood come out, I I think he probably would have been a second round pick. Yeah, I agree. You know, in this draft. But, uh, and and he could be a first round pick next year. With my final pick, I'm going to go Leatherwood. So my final two were Cam and Leatherwood.
0: Man, this is going to be All interesting, and I can't wait to put this out there and see what people go with. I think looking – I mean, obviously, the number one pick in this thing was going to be Tua by whoever took it. Um, right. It's going to be much more interesting. The thing about Tua, I think if you if you just look at on paper, I don't think there's any doubt people would say your team – you have mm-hmm. the better offense. But uh-huh. the thing about that um, – I think if you were playing a real game, and, and maybe I can, that's why I can't put this other – I can't put the whole team out there for a vote until we have offense and defense. I mean, you would have to consider, hey, your offensive line probably isn't going to be as good as the defensive line I'm going to be able to draft. I, I do get the first pick um, mm. defensively, and, um, yep. boy, that's going to be tough. Tell me – I mean, I'd <laughs> rather have the second pick defensively. I shouldn't this one. Man, There's so
1: many. It's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, and then you gotta. Here's the thing, always, because because this is kind of like picking an all-saban team or an all-decade team. It's got, and here here's the thing that I struggle with myself. Maybe it's the lawyer in me, but see, I want to pick it based on what they did at Alabama. Yeah, but that's what I'm doing. But it it is very difficult mm-hmm. to separate what they did in the NFL because, like, you you were you were gonna take Josh Jacobs over Trent, and while I could not agree more today, who's the better player? Josh Jacobs, Trent Richardson? Well, it's Josh. But in terms of what they did at Alabama, I mean, Trent ran for more yards, third in the Heisman, nationally known, you know, it was what, the number three pick in the draft or something. Uh, when when, you know, it's not popular to take running backs that high. But you Josh is a better player. And and I think I think what's influenced that is Trent's failure NFL career and Josh Jacobs is one of the top five or six running backs in the NFL already. Yeah, that's probably true. But and, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's it, hard to separate that, you know?
0: Well, now that we've gone more platoon running back though, what yeah. I had to do was think about, um, and in fact, I was going Jacobs or Drake. I mean, and the one thing that was holding me back about Drake was injuries. Um, but man, I think yeah. Drake has proven to be, if he had been the guy, Anywhere, and if he had had his head on straight from the moment he came to Alabama, he would have been as good as anybody yeah. we've had. Just about it, maybe with the exception of Derrick
1: Henry. I mean, he he is Even so his, fat. Go ahead. His his fellow his fellow running back at Alabama won the Heisman Trophy. Yet we don't win the national championship game without Kenyon Drake in 2015. He was a big reason we won the game over Clemson. I mean, Not so
0: only, yeah. And didn't he break? Uh, didn't he break an arm, like on a tackle yeah. on special teams? So my point, on is special he's teams. So, yeah. He's so universal. I mean, he returns kicks, and the catch he had against Florida for the for Blake Sims, eighty five yep. yard touchdown. I that's mean, shit, he's he, that's why I almost took him. I almost took him over Ingram to be quite honest.
1: Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what past pick is the best offense because click, I, I think you, you've got a, a decided edge on the offensive line. And 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 my team's got Tua. and a lot of people are just gonna gravitate to that period. But AJ yeah. McCarron throwing to Julio, Amari Cooper, and Jalen Waddle behind that offensive line, and you got a Heisman trophy winner at running back. So I Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean I and I mean what I'm saying is you you and and yeah, that that's uh that's pretty strong off. So I I don't, I don't know what fans are. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be pretty divided. It'll be interesting to see the comments. I hope you guys that vote, not only vote, uh, but uh, leave a lot of comments and about players we left out. I mean, who, who did we draft? Who did we not draft that, that you think should be on my team or Luke's team? Like, how could you leave quote this guy out? But again, we were sticking to a starting 11. That's hard to do. I, I think one of the many things, uh, you know, when I when I do interviews or I talk to people nationally, I like to throw this in because it's so true. You know, Nick Saban is, is is one of the great defensive minds of all time, one of the great coaches of all time, and, and and people credit him defensively with with putting together this long run of incredible defenses. That's true, but Nick Saban, by far, built the best offenses in Alabama school history. By far, our best offenses have been Nick Saban offenses, and and it's kind of overlooked, and that's why it was kind of difficult to draft that team. There's so many good players at every position.
0: All right, Jimmy, so for the next podcast, which will be at the end of the week, we will do defense, and
1: uh, then we'll put it out there for a vote, see who
0: everybody has.
1: That defense, that defense is going to be tough. I'm going to build it like I would any other team and kind of focus myself on the front seven in terms of, like, I think that's where – championships are one i think championships are one on defense i think they're one up front i think the front seven is where you've got to be dominant or you're not going to be great so i know my early picks will be defensive linemen and 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 the linebackers but there's so there's so many it's crazy all
0: right buddy roll tide roll
1: tide